0: Good day. Welcome back. Welcome back. Big news of the day, the NFL suspends Mike Evans for one game for the fight on Sunday. It was uh, held up by the appeals process, so he will not be playing. Julio Jones, uh, most likely out. Chris Godwin nursing a hamstring injury. They've got some struggles on the defensive and the offensive line. Uh, Tom Brady uh, will struggle because of the receiver, or the depleted receiving core. I think, without a doubt. And uh, the Buccaneers, by the way, are favored in this game still. 61% chance to win, just an FYI. 61% chance to win. To knock off the Packers the way things stand as is. But I I find it interesting. They're continually losing their weaponry. And uh, yet they are still favored to win over the Green Bay Packers. So, um, we'll wait and see. Wait and see. But uh, a lot to talk about going into the contest this coming weekend. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Good to have you on board. This one is from uh, Leslie, who says, with all the injuries and all the problems the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are having, what is the likely? Well, I just kind of said the likelihood. 61% says uh, the um, you know percentage of win goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as of right now, she says. But uh, what do the Packers attack? Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers still have a very good defense, and they can shut down a lot of the passing game of the Green Bay Packers. Can they run the ball against this defensive front? Don't forget the defensive front also – could be without Akeem. it looks like he's they're going to be without Akeem hicks as well Akeem hicks it seems like every time the packers come up on the docket he can't play he can't play when he was a bear couldn't play couldn't play he was always banged up always hurt so i get it but yeah he uh th- that defensive front that they have in tampa bay um they're gonna be uh they're gonna be ailing a little bit. Uh so you kind of figure you would assume that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon gonna get the same amount of snaps and such uh and ball touches this week as they had last week. We'll see. But then again, if the Packers get down, then all of a sudden you're gonna see the Packers probably go to the air. They'll start throwing it, dinking and dunking their way down the field. But at some point, and as we talked about earlier, at some point, you gotta find the guy that's gonna be the deep guy. That's going to be the deep threat. And I think you got to go back to Christian Watson. Look for that again. Look for that again. Uh, tidbit says, hey, coach, any update on Bakhtiari? I haven't heard from the uh, doctors yet as to what type of injury he actually has. From what I heard, uh, the early indication is that it's minor and he could be back soon. Uh, (laughs) Right? That's what you're going to get out of red China. Uh, hey coach. Uh, does uh David Bakhtiari still have a knee? Uh, I got to talk to the doctors. We don't know. We don't know. Um, you know, we uh, looked through the lost and found. Uh, that doesn't appear to be a loss, but we're not quite sure. I, I really don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Ryan says Joe Barry, Mister Passive, it's a huge problem, and was to rely on uh uh was a rely, or really I guess is what it's supposed to say, bad hire. Uh, and will cost us all season. So, Ryan, I know you hate Joe Barry. I know that. Here's my question, though, okay? Go back to last year. In the 2021 season, okay? Go back to last year. Defensively speaking, the Green Bay Packers, via pro football focus, had the third-ranked defense in the National Football League. How can you look at Joe Barry and say he sucks? And he's got better people, personnel this year. In 2021, the Green Bay Packers had a 76.8 rating defensively overall. Overall, 76.8, third best in the National Football League behind only the Rams and the Saints, okay? Their run defense was not good. That I'll give you. They were 12th. Tackling, they were second, second best. Pass rush, they were second best in the National Football League. Coverage, they were seventh in the National Football League. So overall, defensively, they were third best last year in 2021. Tell me how, when you say Joe Barry, Mr. Passive, terrible hire, how can you say that when the results would indicate completely different and completely opposite? And last year, don't forget, in the biggest game, the postseason, they gave up 10 points. And really, the defense wasn't even responsible for all those points. When you think about it, special teams failed them. The defense played extremely well. You know? Uh, It's... I can't sit here and say Joe Barry doesn't know what he's doing. I can say the first game of last year and the first game of this year was vanilla. They tried to play this soft zone, didn't work for whatever reason, but that I'll agree with, but they, it, it's gone on consistently and gotten better. Each and every game last year and each so far this year. Shouldn't say each and every game. He's only had one game this year that he's had a chance to get better. But it's gotten better. 877-867-1670. By the way, Aaron Rodgers is going to speak after practice today, which means uh, probably it's after we get off the air. So probably not going to hear from Aaron Rodgers today. But we will have the uh, the second half, uh, we believe, uh, the second half of uh, Matt LaFleur coming up here in a little bit, just an FYI. But I that that's my question. I mean, for everybody that's ripping Joe Barry, the, those are the stats. I mean, that's undeniable. There are times last year where I agree with you. I just I didn't necessarily agree with some of the things that we're doing. But you, you can't argue with the success. They, they played pretty well. 877-867-1670, 877 867 hit us up, want to hear from you, so l- let's do this, okay, let's go back, we'll, we'll go with the actual uh, NFL statistics here, Green Bay Packers were, what were they, 10th F- in yards per game, 10th in yards per game, Points per game, they were 15th, I think. Uh, They were 15th, which needs to be better. That I will give you. That I will give you. And rushing yards per game, they were 12th. Passing yards per game, they were 11th. The numbers weren't bad. The numbers weren't bad. And those are very, very real numbers. So I don't I don't know last year it was a better than average defense. It was better than the year before. Now you go to this year and you look defensively speaking, and yeah, they're down the down the bottom. They're twenty fourth in overall defense right now. Stopping the run, they're thirty first tackling their 31st, second-to-last in the National Football League, which probably has a lot to do with their run defense. Their pass rush right now, pass rush isn't bad. Ninth overall. Ninth overall. And when it comes to coverage in the National Football League, their coverage is not terrible right now. Thirteenth overall. And that'll get better. So defensively speaking, they're, they're low. I'll give you that. First two games, really a lot of that has to do with the game against the Minnesota Vikings. But I'll give you that. But I'm going to give them a little bit of time to to kind of correct this. I'm not just going to say, oh, it sucks. Because I didn't play a bad game. The first drive and the last drive of the game against the Bears were the two statistic wreckers, so to speak, for what the Packers did on Sunday night. Everything in between, though, they were really solid. Three and outs, minimal yardage, minimal, minimal penalties getting off the field on third down, those stats you can't deny. Here's a question. I'll just ask this real quick, and we'll just throw it out there. You can hit us up on the Bud Light live stream. You can find me over on Twitter. You can email me. You call the show. If you were going to give a grade, A, B, C, D, F, to Joe Barry through the first one year and two games, what would it be? After hearing the statistics and knowing what it is and knowing that it wasn't the defense that lost that game in the postseason, if you're going to go and say give a grade to Joe Barry at this point in time, what would it be overall? A, B, C, D, F. Throw it out there. I'd be real interested to see what people say. Just throw it out there. Because I think this perception has become reality in a lot of people's minds. The perception is it sucks. the suspension or the uh, the perception is it sucks but when you look at the numbers you're like wow well, that's that's not terrible it's not the worst thing in the world we've seen worse right we've seen worse uh mark says why is nobody talking about sammy watkins he seems to be the guy that can be the big playmaker Um, I, I just saw this according to the next gen stats, Sammy Watkins hit 20.48 miles per hour on that play. When he had the 55 yard catch and uh, catch and run the 13th fastest ball carrier in the NFL during week two, his speed was on par with Lamar Jackson when he had that long touchdown run against the dolphins and the long touchdown catch by Quez Watkins against the Vikings. And he got past the corner, Kyler Gordon, and the safety, Eddie Jackson, for that matter. Got into the clear. Rodgers hit him wide open downfield for the big play. And the straight line speed still there for Watkins, who ran the 40-yard dash, 4.43, coming out of Clemson in 2014. So your downfield threat technically... Should be Sammy Watkins. Watkins' teammates, though, were actually timed a little bit faster. Week two, Jair Alexander and Christian Watson. Alexander going uh, 20.62 miles per hour when he intercepted Justin Fields. And Watson, 20.6 miles per hour on the nine-yard catch on a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. And Watson has had, the second time in two weeks, one of the fastest times of the week. So really Sammy Watkins has the veteran moves but it's Christian Watson who has the speed in going downfield uh Jeff says I give Joe Barry a B Richard says I give Joe Barry a C he's average if not worse than average wait till it all comes to a head but what if it doesn't it did we kept waiting for it last year I'm not saying he's great I'm not but I, I think the negativity I heaped on Joe Barry at this point I think is a little bit erroneous or a little bit too much for lack of a better term. Do I think he's the best? Is he a Fritz Schirmer? No. Is he even a Bill Belichick? No. But I think he's better than what some people are giving him credit for. It's like every time, you know, people are still putting up fire capers, for God's sakes. Every time the Packers get run on or there's arm tackling, the fundamentals suck, there's no coaching, he should be fired, we need to get a real guy in here. And then they keep trading them out. They keep getting different coordinators. And all they are is setting themselves up for failure because everybody thinks they suck every time they give up a score. You know? I think you got to look at it as a whole. You can't just look at it as a game. You just can't. And again, I go back to the fact that the postseason, they were last year, that was the one aspect of this whole thing. That was good. Right? That's the one thing that was good. 877-867-1670, hit us up. Uh, let's do this. I've uh, got a lot of stuff coming in. Um, this is from Thomas that I would give Joe Barry a C. Uh, we were supposed to have guys on D. So give him a C plus as much as I hate to say it. Uh, he gets a B plus. We only remember the bad plays, uh, B minus, uh, complicated. fella says has a lot of high draft picks on D. Uh, the T seems to always play passively. D never seems, To dictate play, and that's what people want to see rather than bend but don't break. Didn't they dictate throughout the middle portion of that contest against the Bears the other night? Didn't they dictate everything? They got after Justin Field. They only in three drives they gave up three yards. In four drives they gave up ten. Four straight three and outs. If that's not dictating the defense, I don't know what is. Let's go to David listening to us in Green Bay. David, how you doing today, man? What's going on?
1: Hey, Bill, doing great. Thanks for taking my call. Glad to hear you up here in Green Bay, Wisconsin.
0: Glad to be yeah. back. What's up?
1: I give Joe, I give Joe Barry an A minus, man. The people are that free agents who became darn near all pros in both cases. With Rasul Douglas, should have been uh, obviously DeAndre Campbell became one. And, like,
0: I I miss some. Appreciate the phone call. He's breaking up pretty bad right there. Look, uh, he says a minus. I if I have to give Joe Barry a grade, and I I know I'm long for a break here, and we're going to hear from Matt Lafleur when we come back. But if I got to give Joe Barry a a, a grade, uh, I would probably give him a B minus. Here's the reason why. One, the defense statistically has been pretty good. They've been able to make certain adjustments at certain times. Sometimes it takes a little bit too long, which brings down the grade. The other aspect of this is that this team plays a ton of nickel. Now, when you're seeing that throughout the rest of the National Football League, but a ton of nickel. And the overall ability to tackle has gotten better while it still needs a lot of improvement, if that makes sense. So... And, and and when you do that you're usually pulling your defensive lineman out you're not you you're not beefy in the trenches but i i just i i would have to probably give them a b minus they're better than average they're not great but i think watch throughout the season they will ascend i i really believe that watch throughout the season and when you talk about draft choices first round draft choices you got J. Alexander, first-round draft choice. Darnell Savage, first-round draft choice. Eric Stokes, first-round draft choice. Quay Walker, first-round draft choice. Clint, Kenny Clark, first-round draft choice. Devontae Wyatt, first-round draft choice. When you start to go through all these guys, you, you've you got an accumulation of talent. Preston Smith coming in from Washington. Jerron Reed coming in from Kansas City. Adrian Amos coming in from, from Chicago. Rasul Douglas they picked up from Arizona. They brought in additional guys to kind of bevy all of that. So I I agree with you. They've got talent over there and they need to utilize it and this should be a top 5 defense by the end of the, by the end of the season. That's that's where I believe this should go. So I I will I will that's where they need to be. That's where they need to be. Let's do this. We're going to come back. We're going to hear a little bit more from uh, Matt LaFleur. As uh, he continued on, I want to get the second half of his presser. Stay tuned. We've got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends at Cunis RV and Cunis Automotive. CUNIS RV, boy, I tell you what, the big of cruiser was uh, well-received all throughout the state. South Dakota as well, out in Sturgis this year. We had such a great time in it. We can't do a lot of these events, can't do the charity stuff without our friends at Cunis RV and our friends at Cunis Automotive. They've been great to us this year. It's been an awesome relationship. The RV is a hit everywhere we go. Uh, and it's gone back. Uh, it's it's now back in its resting place down at Cunis uh, RV in Elkhorn. Maybe somebody could buy it. Who knows? But it's back down in Elkhorn. And uh, say thanks as well to our friends at Cunis Automotive. You can go to shopcunis.com, shopcunis.com, K-U-N-E-S, K-U-N-E-S, shopcunis.com, or go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, cunisrv.com. That's cunisrv.com. More of the Bill Michael Show. Matt LaFleur next. Getting that time of year, I was uh, moving my boat around today in the the driveway, and I thought, you know, I maybe have a week or two before I got to put it away, and I'm starting to think about it. Uh, Not only are there great deals, so if you're looking for something for next year, there's great deals at Skipper Buds right now, but also if you're thinking about winterization, storing it, getting it shrink-wrapped, you might want to go to Skipper Buds, get that thing taken care of. The more you take care of it in the off-season, the better it treats you in boating season. I really believe, I found that out the hard way, <laughs> for lack of a better term. So get a hold of our friends at Skipper Buds, specifically out in Pewaukee, which, uh, you know, Todd's the GM out there and uh, really good dude, really good guy, and uh, has helped me out with uh, with my boat and, and such uh, over the years. 262-544-1200, uh, 262-544-1200, ask for Todd. 262-544-1200, That's Skipper Buds. If you're looking for winterization, storage, wrapping it, Or maybe you're looking for an end-of-year deal or trading one in. Now's the time to do it. That's skipperbuds.com. Again, skipperbuds.com. It is time to listen to the second half of what Matt LaFleur had to say. Matt LaFleur was at the podium just a little while ago. One of the other things we wanted to talk about real quick, uh, and I know, Ben, you wrote this to me. It said something to be said for the lack of aggression that LaFleur got uh, out of him last year or got on him uh, about last year for. Was it the reason Cousins uh, went nuts in week one? Very possible. Remember last year in that opening game against uh, New Orleans uh, was not good defensively. The second game against Detroit by the halftime by half Matt LaFleur was in Joe Barry's face remember just before they ran to the uh, locker room at Lambeau Field and then they said okay that was it we're going to be we're playing our style we're going to bring the aggression to them not vice versa they did bring the aggression in that uh, in the, starting in the second drive of that Bears game. Uh, maybe something was said I don't know but um, you are 100% correct. Maybe it did take Matt LaFleur to jump into the weeds on that. No doubt. Uh, let's do this. Matt LaFleur at the podium. Let's take a listen to what he had to say the rest of the way. If, if you have no idea, when do you need to know just in terms of game planning? Uh, we're not going
2: to game plan any different. So we're going to game plan regardless. You know, it's, I think it's – don't get me wrong. There's definitely some things that you could potentially do differently, but – I think Yash has done a a damn good job um, in his time starting for us, and he's just so. There's not a lot I would say when it comes to that position with the way Yash has played. That where it's maybe a little bit different is if you're talking about um, you know you're you're losing your number one receiver or number one back or, or something like that or quarterback, whatever it may be.
3: Matt, when you when you study this Tampa Bay defense, I'm sure there's kind of a long list, but what are the top couple of things that jump out to you that make them so effective?
2: Well, you can definitely see their speed and aggressiveness. They definitely like to pressure quite a bit, um, and then they do a great job of getting getting the ball out. Uh, they're one of the best in the business. Um, you know, always punching at the ball. The, the secondary, the guys in the secondary, have really good ball skills. So that creates another problem. Uh, obviously, there's just great team speed overall. The two backers inside are, are problems. They got two edge rushers that are problems. They got Vita Vea on in the inside. Uh, I think the corners are really good. The safeties are obviously really good. And so it's just a complete defense. You combine that with the scheme they run, they do a great job of disguising, showing you one thing, and then next thing so you know, they're, they're blitzing on the snap, whatever it may be. Uh, it's very sound, and um, it's going to be a great challenge for our offense. I think it really will give us a, a, a much better indication of where we are at this point in the season. Matt, you've um, expressed your respect for Todd Bowles a couple of times already this week. I think you went up against him when he was with the Jets once, right, when you were in Tennessee, and then obviously. What are the hallmarks and challenges of his style of defense, and what's it like to kind of match wits with him? Yeah, he just does a great job of keeping you off balance. Um, you know, mixing up tendencies. There's, uh, It just, uh, it's hard to get a great read on and anticipate what you may get. Uh, he just does a really good job. And, you know, I think his players are pretty smart, too. It doesn't look like they get out of position too many times. Um, getting really sound. And we, when you combine a complex sound scheme with really good players, it's... Usually a really good defense and the effort jumps off on the tape as well. They, they they play with great effort. They fly around It's not surprising to me as you know, you could argue that they, it could be the best defense in the National Football League
0: How do you improve your tackling or is that just simply an early season thing and you'll get it in line just through game reps.
2: Well, I mean yeah, we're not gonna go out there and tackle today if that's what you're asking um, but no, we, we do drill work, but you know, there's nothing like real reps. I think one way to counteract if you if you aren't tackling very well is you got to have multiple hats at the ball. So if one guy does miss, that there's somebody there to back him up. So we got to make sure that we're swarming to the football. And uh, you know, each week could be a different deal depending upon who you're playing. Uh, some guys are very good at breaking tackles. I think I want to say, what didn't Aaron Jones have like 13? broken tackles last game so like and I get it every week's a new uh, just a new challenge so um, you know depending upon who you're playing though they can make it a little bit more difficult for you. Matt
0: I think everybody around here even beat writers included really liked Nathaniel when he was here so I'm not asking this question to rip him. He's had a little bit of a
2: tough start with the first two games and, and I'm wondering if when you call plays as a head coach, if it takes a while, I mean you were a first year head coach not that long ago to kind of just figure out exactly how you want to handle all the different responsibilities and be the play caller, Is that a, was that a process for you to kind of get to where you wanted to be too? Yeah, I think it's a process for, for anybody when you're in a new role and um, you know I got all the confidence in the world that he's going to do a great job and uh, I, I don't know necessarily all the nuts and bolts of the details to what you're talking about but um you know it's important that you lean on other people as well and um but I got a lot of confidence in him not only as a coach but he's super organized and he'll figure it out no doubt about it so everybody needs to uh stop hitting that panic button down there all right guys
0: there you go that was Matt LaFleur head coach of the Green Bay Packers and uh they're not going to game plan any differently if they bring in David Bakhtiar. He said, There's no change. There's no change. No, we're good. Don't worry about it. No problem. Nothing to see here. So we'll see if it actually, uh, actually happens. We'll see what's going on in the practice field today. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Great place to eat if you're going to be out in the western portion of the state of Wisconsin. La Crosse, Wisconsin, to be specific. I told you about uh, my visit to La Crosse. I went over to Buzzard Billy's. Man, such a good place. A lot of fun. Good beers on tap as well. Bud Light being there. Uh, I had some uh, really, really good food. The Cajun-American mush mix of stuff. And, oh, my God, it was good. The catfish was really good. Seasoned really well. Cajun seasoning. Loved it. Stop into Buzzard Billy's, man. One of the best places to eat in lacrosse if you're over into the western portion of the state of Wisconsin. Thanks, for the, th- thanks to them for the, being a part of the program and really supporting us as well. Uh, going back to uh, our buddy Ryan, who was talking about how he thinks that uh, Joe Barry is so incredibly passive. He said, when you watch other teams like Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Bills, 49ers, we do not play like those teams with the intensity. I'd rather die on the sword than let them stick it in you. Um, I get that. I don't disagree with that. You have to choose when to use the aggression. But I I, I appreciate that. We'll just kind of see how things play out. And again, you got another week to, to, to watch and see and see what happens. See what happens. Uh eight seven seven, eight six seven, sixteen seventy. Uh John says, Did Matt LaFleur really say that they don't know whether or not David Bakhtiari is going to be ready to play this week? Yes, he did. John says, what the hell are they waiting for? Either he is or he isn't ready. If he's not ready, that means he's still injured. Is he still injured or not? What the hell is going on? Why is David Bakhtiari so elusive? Why is this becoming such a big thing? If the Green Bay Packers can't use him, then put him on the pup list and bring up somebody who can play rather than taking a roster spot to hold on to a guy who's walking around with a cane. That's from John. He doesn't have a cane. Okay, let's just let's put it that way. Let's just, he doesn't have a cane. All right. Uh, we're just kind of waiting to see. If he's going to be capable of playing, I guess. I what do you want me to say? I agree with you. Look, do you think that David Bakhtiari's not trying to come back? He is. Whether or not he's going to be able to, we'll have to wait and see. Um, if you know Bakhtiari at all, you know he's doing he's doing everything that's being asked of him. Plus, plus he also, to the opposite side of the of the coin, he's also listening to what the doctors say. Because every time he's really started to push it, he's ended up with pain. And you don't want to... What you're trying not to do is damage that knee for long term. So if he comes back in another game or two or four... If he comes back in three more games, well, then it'll be the pupless wasted. Because you could have had another guy on the roster. But I, I'm, I'm like the rest of you. I'm... I think what we're looking for is come back, play pain-free, and play well. You hope that he returns to the form that he had prior to going down with the injury. That's what we're hoping for. But you just want him to come back and play and play well and not have any issues. You know, because you can't just keep, you know, first of all, if you're Josh Nyman, you're constantly looking over your shoulder. You know, you just want to know the job is yours. Right? That's the first thing. Second thing. If he can't come back, then you know it's yours. If he can come back, then just get him back in there. So it's not, hey, Josh, be ready. Hey, Josh, don't be ready. Hey, Yash, be ready. Hey, Yash, don't be ready. Hey, Yash, be ready. Hey, Yash, don't be ready. And then you're, you're constantly in the switch-up mode. You know? You just want to. And you want to get Aaron Rodgers stabilized. Because as both Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari get back and get better, it settles everything down. Right now, it's not that things are, you know, abruptly disrupted, but it's not stable right now. And that's the other aspect of all of this. So I get it. I understand it. But again, Yash Nyman played really well last year, so I don't know what all this screaming and yelling is about, you know? 877, 867, 1670. 877, 867, 1670. give us a shout if you got something to say uh, a lot of people talking about Joe Barry this is from Max says, I give Joe Barry a B I think he's done a pretty good job his first year was somewhat surprising his second year started off awful but he did a little bit of a correction in game two let's see what he let's see what he does in game three that's from Mac Mac appreciate the email <coughs> good to have you um let's go to the other email box real quick got emails over there uh, this one's from Mike Mike says, Uh, I think I give Joe Barry a B. It pains me to say it. He sucked when he was with Detroit. Wasn't much better with the Washington commanders than Redskins. I don't know what to expect out of this defense. One week they play extremely good. The next week they play poor and have no tackling skills. Is that coaching or is that just players? That's a great question. That that's that that's legit. It's not in depth, but it's legit. I think sometimes you just got to take a look at the players. The, the week of preparation going into the game. Um, in football specifically, more so than any other, any other sport, in football specifically, I think what you have to look for is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. If you're a coach, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are the most important. If you get guys to buy into that, that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are the most important, that's what's huge. Because when guys buy into that, that means that they they understand that importance. They understand that it, you 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 get better, for lack of a better term, you get better, and and it it shows. I don't I don't mean I, I don't. There's this is not rocket science by any stretch of the imagination. It shows. It shows. So if you have a really they, you know coaches always say we had a really good week of practice. It usually shows because guys are prepared, guys are ready to hit, guys are ready to tackle, guys are ready to do the fundamental things, they're in the right place at the right time, they're understanding what's being asked of them, all of that stuff. It's all right there. It's all right there for you. So to answer your question, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is where it's really done and done well, and that's where I think Joe Barry – if you're going to exceed, you're going to be aggressive. You're going to play aggressive. That's where that has to be installed, not necessarily on the fly. Uh, and now, you can dial things up. You can certainly say, hey, we're going to start bringing the blitz because they're not handling it really well and play more aggressive. Yes, that I agree with. But I really, it's during the week, and that's also incumbent upon Matt LaFleur. If Matt LaFleur feels like this defense is not aggressive enough. Going back to what Ryan said, let's say you'd rather – you know, kind of deliver the blow, then take it, and then try to re- re- read and react. If you're going to deliver the blow, that's where Matt Lafleur goes to Joe Barry and said, "You know what? This game plan this week. Let's kick their ass. Let's just unload on them. Let's go down swing it. That type of thing." But you you can't just run willy nilly. You can't hair on fire because eventually it'll 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 catch you. Because when you overrun plays, when you overplay, when you over pursue, when you over over penetrate, it eventually comes back to burn you. Because some coach out there will say, hey, they're going to do anything they can to get to us. So let's let them come on in. That'll free up everybody else down the field. Here you go. Bloop, 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 bloop. Suddenly screen passes begin to work. Suddenly plays over the middle begin to work. Those are the things that offensive coordinator looks, looks for to keep you as a defense honest. You can come after us all you want, but when you do, you're going to vacate a hole, and we're going to find that hole. That's the reason things like that work. Um... Tidbit says the reason uh, David Bakhtiari is even on the team is because he's Aaron Rodgers' best friend. That's not it. The guy's been a Pro Bowl player. When a guy like that, that talent and that contract is on your squad, first of all, you can't afford to cut him loose. Secondly, it's not because he's Aaron Rodgers. He could be, think about this, he could be Aaron Rodgers' best friend because he's been Aaron Rodgers' best protector. He didn't get on the team – he didn't make the team because he was Aaron Rodgers' best friend. He became the best friend because he was the best protector that Aaron Rodgers had, and they had a really good relationship that way. Uh, one more. Let's step out, take a quick break, come back. we got a lot more to get to before we get out of here for the day. Hey, I was talking uh, a little earlier about uh, many different places to go. If you're going to go watch the game this weekend and you're not doing anything – Good place. Nice Ash. Nice Ash Cigar Bar. Downtown Waukesha. TheNiceAsh.com. That's TheNiceAsh.com. Some, uh, some new bartenders down there as well. Yeah, she's uh, Joette's changing out the bartenders a little bit. Trish and them, or they're still there. Trish and Kristen and such, but got some new ones down there. So uh, stop in. Say hi. Introduce yourself. Good people down there. TheNiceAsh.com. 323 West Main Street. Downtown Waukesha. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Now, in
3: Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers holding practice to prepare for the 2-0 Buccaneers. The game Sunday afternoon in Tampa. Former Packers backup quarterback Kirk Benkirk got signed by the 49ers yesterday after Trey Lance went in for season-ending ankle surgery. The Packers' defense held the Chicago Bears to just 10 points Sunday night here at Lambeau, but the Bears were able to go 71 yards in just seven plays and score a touchdown in their opening drive. Packers safety Darnell Savage Jr.
0: Uh, uh, well, you know,
2: first first series, it's it's always tough um, from the outside. You never really, but normally offenses have their first 15 plays scripted out, so they're supposed to work. You know, whatever, whatever, they went down to score, but, um, you know, we buckled up after that. You know, they got back to their regular stuff and uh, played a good game.
3: Packers head coach Matt O'Fleur says the Buccaneers are still loaded with veteran players.
2: They've got stars on you know, in every phase of their ball and being around a bunch of those guys at the pro bowl, got a lot of respect for the, for the players there. And it, it's going to be a great challenge for us to go down to Tampa and, and their environment. And uh, we're going to have to be our best.
3: The Buccaneers have signed free agent wideout, Cole Beasley to their practice squad. That's because both Chris Goddard and Julio Jones have hamstring injuries. Do the Bucks need to get creative with their passing game quarterback, Tom Brady.
0: Yeah, we have to, you know, who's ever in there has to do it. Chris Julio, Mike was out. So, um, Donnie was out. Wells was out. Line fought hard. All the guys that were in there fought hard. Tough, really tough team. Really well coached. Team we really struggle with. So it feels good to win.
3: That's Tom Brady in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show.
0: Say thanks to our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino being a part of the program. Got a lot of special deals going on right now and offers at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. You could be gold and make everybody else around you gold as well. you got to go to PaysBig.com for all the details. PaysBig.com for the details. Joining us on the hotline, our buddy uh, Mike Clemens, live up in Green Bay. Michael, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Mostly cloudy,
1: warm, sunny. Well, fleur has got them working outside today. Uh, it's going to be a long practice. It's you know they're in pads and uh, full pads, uh, and they're going to work till about 3:15 this afternoon. I just watched Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love toward all the receivers. Al Lazard is the first one in the line over there. You go over to the defensive side, outside linebackers. It's for Sean Gary, I had a Preston Smith and some drills going after one of those quarterback dummies, practicing on what it would be like to actually sack Tom Brady.
0: Mmm, don't think Ben has it. Mike, uh, is Bakhtiari back in practice again today?
1: You know, I, I actually wasn't able to tell. With well, the offensive line, we're on the off- opposite side of the field. But Matt Lafleur talked about it today in the press conferences. He has no idea if he'll be ready to play this Sunday for the game against the Buccaneers.
0: When uh, you look at this team going in, I know that uh, Mike Evans not going to be playing this weekend, Julio Jones got a bad wheel, also Godwin's got a bad wheel. Um I, you know, do, who do they have left to throw to and I guess the defense uh, for Joe Barry should feel pretty confident coming into this game with the lack of weapons that Tom Brady has.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that's the fear that somehow the, the Buccaneers will still beat you with their running game and maybe even with their defense. Um I you know you know they they signed Cole Beasley who was sitting on the street and I didn't realize he was that that old at this point but uh, that that's looked like an act of desperation apparently that's <laughs> something that Bernie requested. Uh, there's two storylines that I'm working on. First, for the Packers offense, uh, Sunday night late in the game, the big design play that they made up during the uh, the uh, where they were looking at that whether Fields had gone in for a touchdown. Um, Lafleur comes up with that design play that Sammy Watkins 55 yards, Aaron Jones for 15 yards, and then they fail in the red zone on three downs. It started with a penalty, but Aaron Rodgers was so frustrated and talking to Lafleur for a long time. They, the game was secure, but you know Rodgers really wanted to check that box on red zone offense there. On the other side of the coin, you know Eric Branchek does a great job on our show talking about the tape, and and he had a good point about you know Quay Walker. Is not helping out with the run game, and when the Bears were getting like 28 yard gains on second and 20, uh, he was getting caught up in the garbage there. And uh, you got to work on—he's got to work on, on his technique to help track down those running backs.
0: Quay Walker has been sideline to sideline, extremely fast. He's even been in coverage. Uh, Mike, I, I said this earlier today. I think when he finally mentally gets it he's he, that's that's a player i do you like the way he looks and the way he's practiced and the way he's played
1: uh, no question he's a great character kid uh that he's got great speed he's got good size uh he probably probably needs to be a little bit bigger but it's just instinctive he probably could get away with that at georgia where you know if the play runs to the opposite side where he's at he can just cut through the guards and the tackles and track that guy down that ain't gonna work in the NFL. He has to change his brain and think about. I got to go down the line. I got to make a, you know, a, a forty-five degree angle and decide to meet that guy outside to help out Devondre Campbell who's being double teamed. Otherwise, that's how these guys are getting, you know, fifteen, twenty. That's you know, you end up having Darnell Savage making tackles on running backs.
0: Hey, real quick, I wanted to ask you uh, about Sammy Watkins as well. We were sitting here talking about downfield threats because we haven't seen a lot of it. Usually, it's been catch and run for big yardage. Is Sammy Watkins the downfield threat or is eventually Christian Watson going to be the downfield threat, do you think?
1: I think Christian Watson is is the is the future. I think that they coach that guy up. They want him to be number one as soon as possible, maybe even this season as a rookie. Uh, but for right now, I think that's what they showed you with Watkins. They're hands that they can trust. There's the, They figured out a way to get him open against that uh, Bears defense. And, you know, it, 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 even Aaron Rodgers said the days of – a guy with 15 catches and the next one with four or five or over, you know, referring to Devontae Adams. And he's like, it's going to be three, 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 two, two. Everyone's going to get the ball until someone else emerges that he can trust.
0: Mike, good stuff as always, buddy. Appreciate it. And uh, we're going to talk again real soon. Okay. Thank you, Bill. All right, buddy. Talk to you. There you go. That's our buddy, uh, Mike Clemens joining us for a few minutes uh, on the hotline as he is live at practice, seeing Bakhtiari out there, giving us a little bit of his take on things. Don't forget, coming up tonight, we're going to be live. We're going to be at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill downtown in the Deer District, downtown Milwaukee. It's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael's Sports Talk Network. The Bill Michael's Huddle tonight, live 6 to 8 o'clock. Be a face in the crowd. Come on down. Say hi. Maybe grab yourself a beverage, wings, burger, whatever it happens to be down there. Come on by and uh, and give us a shout. We'd love to see you down there at the Mecca down in the Deer District downtown milwaukee that's coming up later on tonight until we talk again later on tonight that's going to do it for today good stuff we're halfway through the week my friends thursday friday we get into the weekend got the motorcycle ride on sunday that's going to start at sloppy joe's and it's uh, benefiting veterans in fisher house wisconsin and then afterwards we have the watch party and then the post game show live at smoke on the water in okachi can't wait to do that either good stuff put that on your calendar hope to see you out there until then, time for us to go. Have a going. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.